This morning, uh, we're going to talk specifically about the old section of God's book, uh, the Bible. Uh, usually, we call that the Old Testament. Um, the Old Testament comprises about three-quarters of the Bible, so approximately 75% of God's book is the Old Testament. 39 of the 66 books of the Bible are Old Testament books. 929 of the 1,189 chapters of the Bible, Old Testament chapters. Uh, let's get a little more detailed. Uh, 23,214 verses of the 31,173 verses in the Bible are Old Testament. Uh, you ready for one more? detail, uh, 622,770 words uh, found in the Old Testament, 189,590 in the New. So it's, it's a huge part of our Bibles, and I want you to think about this. The Old Testament was the only Bible that Jesus had to use and read and teach from. There was no New Testament yet. So the only Bible Jesus had was the old section. Okay? So the question we're going to attempt to answer today, how should we, as followers of Jesus, 2022, how should we view the old section? How should we be looking at it? Uh, when we're reading Genesis to Malachi, beginning to end of the old section, how should we be processing how should we be applying those 39 books found in the Old Testament? Uh, there are some Protestant denominations who believe, and I'm going to give them uh, hopefully a fair shake here. The Old Testament has good moral lessons, mostly for our children to learn from, but there's really not much direct application. Good, good moral teachings, yeah, but, but not really a lot there. And then there are some folks on the other end of the spectrum who believe the food restrictions are still in force today. So they believe we still should be eating like the Old Testament Jews did. Uh, others uh, are convinced that we're worshiping on the wrong day. Did you know that? There's denominations who believe that uh, instead of worshiping on Sunday, the Lord's Day, we should be worshiping on the Sabbath, which would be Saturday. So as we arrive today in the fifth chapter of Matthew's Gospel, uh, Jesus, in preaching this amazing sermon on the Mount, is going to teach us how should we be looking at the Old Testament. If you're able, would you stand with me? Let's read out loud together. We're going to read verses 17 to 20, Matthew chapter 5. We'll put it up here on the screen. Let's read out loud together. Don't misunderstand why I've come. I did not come to abolish the law of Moses or the writings of the prophets. No, I came to accomplish their purpose. I tell you the truth, until heaven and earth disappear, not even the smallest detail of God's law will disappear until his purpose is achieved. 
So if you ignore the least commandment and teach others to do the same, you will be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But anyone who obeys God's laws and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. But I warn you, unless your righteousness is better than the righteousness of the teachers of the law and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Let's pray. Lord, uh, we're going to need some help today because we are in the deep section of your book. We're going to be talking about some really hard and difficult things to understand. So we ask for your insight. We invite your spirit to come and illuminate our thoughts, our minds, um, our, our wills. So show us what this passage means to us today, 2022. Teach us, Lord, how we can apply this to our daily lives. I'm going to pause for a moment because the truth is, some of my friends, some here in the family, have had a really tough week. I want to pray specifically for the Myron Spay family because they just lost Myron this week and their hearts are hurting. So I pray for them. Uh, I pray for lots of your grace and mercy and comfort to rain down on the Spay family. I pray for Ken Pritchett as he recovers. We're missing our, our other drummer. Uh, he just had triple bypass, Lord, and I pray for continued healing and lots of strength for Melissa and the kids. I pray for Sharon Walter's son, Billy, who just lost his wife, and I pray, Lord, for recovery from surgery and lots of grace for him as well. Lord, others of us, we're here. We just recently lost people we love and care about. Um, Some of us aren't feeling that well. Some of us are are dealing with some situations that are far too heavy for us to carry alone. So we're grateful we can come to you and we can toss those on your awesome arms and you'll give us your peace. So we do that even now. We give you whatever situation we're facing. And Prince of Peace, you come and guard our hearts and our minds. Thank you, Lord for allowing us to come boldly and confidently to you at any moment, and you're always ready. You're excited to see us. So thanks that we get to gather today as your church and boldly come to you. And all the church family at Wallung Lake said with one hope-filled voice, you can be seated. Today, uh, we're going to put together what looks to me like a pretty complicated puzzle. Here's a a puzzle piece. How many of you are puzzle people? You just love doing puzzles, okay? Okay. And then there are the rest of us, Uh, okay? So, Lord bless you all, you puzzle people. Uh, The puzzle of what we're going to try to put together today has caused a lot of confusion a lot of division down through the centuries in the church. So that's just honest. So we've got this puzzle, okay? And I took one of the children's puzzle. Actually, it's Paw Patrol. Okay, there you go. Uh, I was looking for a good Old Testament puzzle, and I didn't find one. So anyway, Paw Patrol is going to have to cover. But now we've got all the pieces 
of the Old Testament spread out, and, and now we're trying to figure out how does it fit together and how does it apply to today, 2022, okay? Good chance you know somebody who assembles what we're going to talk about today differently than the way you assemble the Old Testament puzzle. That's just honest. It's, it's a, a tough, challenging uh, subject to deal with, okay? So here's the question. Who's right? How should we view and live out the Old Testament scriptures? Let's go to scripture because uh, Jesus, I believe, answers the question here. Verse 17, he says, don't misunderstand why I've come. I didn't come to abolish the law of Moses or the writings of the prophets. No, I came to accomplish their purpose. So we're still at the start of the uh, Sermon on the Mount, and Jesus wants everybody to understand. I, I want you to know clearly my purpose for coming to earth. I came and took on a human body, God with skin on. But look at verse 17. I didn't come to do away or declare null and void the Old Testament. Just know that it's right at the beginning here. I want you to know that's not why I'm here. Instead, verse 17, Jesus said, I came to earth to accomplish, to fulfill, to fill up the purpose of the Old Testament. Okay? So Jesus left heaven's glory, took on a human body, God with skin on, to accomplish and fill up the Old Testament scriptures, Genesis to Malachi. He's so strong on that fact um, that he says, you better not toss aside or ignore my book. Uh, verse 18, I tell you the truth, until heaven and earth disappear, not even the smallest detail of God's law will disappear until its purpose is achieved. Okay? Uh, no comma, no period, no dot of an I is to be abolished. Uh, nothing in my book should be tossed away in the old section. Okay, now just pause for a moment. Planet Earth, 2 Peter 3, 10 to 13, is going to get a total makeover. You know that, right? So it's not going to be the same way before the Old Testament scriptures are fully achieved. So uh, until planet Earth, heaven and Earth, get a total makeover, the Old Testament is still in effect. That's what he's saying, okay? Until Revelation chapter 21 and 22, new heaven, new earth, kicks into high gear, Genesis to uh, Malachi should have our full attention, okay? So we should be paying close attention. Verse 19, he continues. So... If you ignore the least command and teach others to do the same, you'll be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But anyone who obeys God's laws and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Jesus Christ has a high view of the Old Testament section of his Bible. Do you understand? Uh, he, he says, I take a high... Everything in it should be obeyed and lived out in the New Testament church. 
So, so don't be tossing it aside and pretending it has no relevance. Uh, that's his strong admonition to us, okay? Now, here's the hard question. How are we today, 2022, how are we to view the Old Testament? How are we to look at it? Because uh, Jesus said, I didn't come to abolish it. I didn't come to toss it out. So some would say, well, then why don't we still go to temple in Jerusalem? And all of us should be waiting in line with, with, with a lamb. And we should be offering the lamb as a sacrifice to cover the sins of our entire family. So if it's all in effect, Pastor Jeff, uh, why aren't we still doing that? Why are we okay with eating bacon and eggs? How many of you like bacon and eggs? Two hands. Uh, how many of you like shrimp and lobster and crab? Uh, how many of you like ham, barbecue, ribs, and sausage? Two hands. Okay. You see, we're still doing that, so we know something's up. Something has changed. Um, if the Old Testament is still in force, I referred this earlier, but some denominations, instead of worshiping on Sunday, they worship on Saturday. And they're convinced we, we got it all wrong. We, the Sabbath, sunset on Friday till sunsets on Saturday, and here you guys worshiping on Sunday. So, so what's that all about? Okay. One more question applies to me. Why am I up here leading in worship of Jehovah? I ask myself that question all the time. <laughs> but it's true, I have no ancestors in the lineage of Aaron. And according to the Old Testament, the, the priests, they should be ancestors of Aaron. And, and I have no ancestry that includes Aaron, I mean, the truth is, in my genealogy, I've looked at it, I'm a mutt. I really am. I'm, I'm just a mutt. So why am I up here? So the question is this, what is it in the Old Testament that we need to understand? Uh, what's in effect and what's not in effect? Uh, how is it that some things apply to Old Testament Jews and some things don't apply to us and, and vice versa? Okay, um, here's the answer. Go back to the text, verse 17. Jesus explains, I came to earth to accomplish or fulfill or complete, fill up the Old Testament scriptures. That's what he declares here. Now, the key question then for us to answer is, what does it mean for Jesus to accomplish, fulfill, Genesis to Malachi. So if, that, if that's the key here, we better understand pretty clearly, what is it about Jesus that fills up, accomplishes, fulfills the old section of God's book? I'm going to offer you four quick answers, okay? If you're going to take notes, this would be a good time, okay? Here's the four ways uh, that Jesus accomplishes the Old Testament, okay? He first accomplishes the Old Testament perfectly by matching with precision all the Old Testament predictions about the Messiah to come. Okay? The Old Testament, Genesis to Malachi, lots and lots of predictions. Here's what you're supposed to look for when the Messiah comes. And here's the point. Jesus 
matches them perfectly in every way. Uh, example, where's the Messiah to be born? Micah 5.2. Anybody know? Where was the Messiah born? Bethlehem. Uh, Messiah must be in the ancestry of King David. 2 Samuel 7, 12-16. Messiah must be crucified on a cross between thieves. Psalm 22. Messiah must come out of Egypt. Hosea 11, verse 1. There's over 40 specific predictions that Jesus perfectly fulfilled. You understand? Perfect. In every way, he matched what the old section was looking for. One mathematician uh, did some calculations, um, and he found that for one person to be right on the money in all of those predictions, uh, it was one to the 17th power with 17 zeros after it. That's, that's the chance that one person would do that just by accident. Okay? And, and you look at that and you go, yeah, Jesus is Messiah. He, he, he matches perfectly. Secondly, Jesus accomplished and fulfilled the Old Testament by dying on the cross and satisfying all the demands of the Old Testament law. The Old Testament was looking for... Uh, someone to die and cover and wash and cleanse permanently uh, all of this sin that the Old Testament animals were looking forward to. Do you understand? So in the old section, all of the animals, the, the millions and billions of animals that were sacrificed, it was looking forward to Jesus. How do you know that? Hebrews 9 says this, under the old system, the blood of goats and bulls, the ashes of a young cow could cleanse people's bodies from ceremonial impurity. Just think how much more the blood of Christ will purify our consciences from sinful deeds so that we can worship the living God. For by the power of the eternal spirit, Christ offered himself to God as a perfect sacrifice. For all of our sins. Okay? So the Old Testament, track with me, was always pointing and looking forward to Jesus Christ and his sacrifice on the cross at Calvary. Jesus accomplished on that cross, fulfilled all that the Old Testament was looking for and demanded regarding shedding of blood, forgiveness of sins. Okay? Uh, third, Jesus accomplished and filled up the Old Testament by perfectly keeping and obeying all the Old Testament laws and regulations. And there's lots. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. Over 500 of them. But Jesus perfectly kept them, the Old Testament law, all of the commands. Let me give you some examples. Hebrews 4, verse 16. Jesus, this high priest of ours, understands our weaknesses for he faced all the same testings we do yet he did not what okay henry's got it rest of you pay attention yet he did not okay about seven of you got it now uh we're going to keep going till y'all uh participate uh for he faced all the same testings that we do yet he did not he, he never thank you i heard that one 
2 Corinthians 5.21, same thing. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sins so that we could be made right with God through Christ. 1 John 3.5, and you know that Jesus came to take away our sins, and there's no sin in him. For 33 years, Jesus lived and never sinned, thought, word, deed. Jesus alone met the requirement of being the sinless lamb of God. And that's huge. And that's a big part of how he accomplished and fulfilled the Old Testament. Fourth, Jesus accomplished and fulfilled the Old Testament by bringing to his disciples, his followers, uh, us, his church, his Holy Spirit. Okay, now, I, I understand some things are easy and some things are hard. Um, if we were in the third grade, I would say right now, put your thinking cap on. Uh, anyway, th this is tough, okay? But we're in Romans 8, verses 1 to 4. And, and I understand this is kind of a heavy-duty theological thought, but it's important. Verses 1 to 4, here's what Paul writes. Uh, so, now there's no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving us his son as a sacrifice for our sins. He did this so that the just requirement of the Old Testament law would be fully satisfied for us who no longer follow the sinful nature but instead follow the Spirit, follow the Spirit, okay? Jesus gives us the power, the ability, the strength to live the Christian life by trying harder, right? We try harder, and therefore we can do it, amen? Don't say amen, okay? We, we, we can live out the Christian life by being nice and good, and moral people, you know, just, just be very nice people, and then you're, you're going to do it. And, and we'd say, what? No, <laughs> no, that, that's not how it happens. Um, by making lots of rules, okay? Let, let's, let's be the rule church, and we'll have all sorts of rules and regulations, things you can do, things you can't do. And if you are really good at it, then you'll be a good follower of King Jesus. Is that, is that how it works? No, the truth is, um, verse 4, Jesus enables us to live the Christian life through his Holy Spirit. It's through his Spirit, alive in us. So, track with me. Give me your eyes. Jesus fulfills the Old Testament today through his church, his followers, as we allow Jesus in spirit form to work in our lives control our lives as we get his armor on and we live and we stay connected and filled with his spirit through Jesus in us, catch this, we are accomplishing and working out and fulfilling the Old Testament. 
Okay, that, that's the hard concept, but it's, it's important. It's as we live and walk in and through and abide with Jesus, now we're filling up and fulfilling the Old Testament. Okay, let me, uh, let me explain it this way. Um, we have here just a, a nice balloon. Wouldn't you agree, Henry? It's, it's, it's just an average. It has potential. Uh, not much life there. Um, and this represents the Old Testament, okay? And, and it's good. Nothing wrong with it. It, it. it has potential to do some really good things, but, but it isn't yet filled up, okay? Okay. Now, here we go. If it works, here, here's the New Testament. Okay, so so now, now suddenly we we see the balloon that that was good and and, and showed a lot of promise ha, has been filled, Glenn, and, and now it's soaring, and and that represents us and the Holy Spirit moving in and working through us, and now we can live strong in and through. We we can accomplish the. Old Testament today, New Testament style, through Jesus and his spirit. Make sense? Um, what does this mean for you and me? That's the practical question. What does this mean for us? What's the takeaway today? Let's go back to Matthew chapter 5, okay? Matthew chapter 5, Jesus isn't done yet here. He says something fairly shocking, verse 20. He says, but I warn you, unless your righteousness is better than the righteousness of the teachers of the religious law and the Pharisees, you'll never enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, imagine you're there, you're, you're above the Sea of Galilee, Jesus is teaching, and now he says this shocking thing to you, the most meticulous and religious people of the day, the strictest, the best rule keepers there's ever been, um, he says, those people can't get in to the kingdom of Jesus. Rule keeping, I don't care how religious you are, I don't care how devout you might think you are, that isn't going to get you into the kingdom of heaven. And I'm thinking... Right now, oh, great. There's no hope for an ordinary sinner like me, right? They're thinking, really, if they can't get in, I'm toast. Because they're way more religious. They're way better than me. I'm not getting into heaven because I can't keep up with them. The Pharisees of Jesus' day, track with me, broke down the Old Testament law, Genesis to Malachi, 248 commands to do, okay? So they have a do this list. You better do these 248 things. And 365, I wonder where they came up with that number, uh, prohibitions against things you can't do, okay? So don't, don't, don't do this and do these things. And if you keep these 513 distinct rules and regulations, and every day you're focused on keeping them, um, then you're going to be okay. 
because you're a really good rule keeper. And Jesus is saying here, are you ready? The Old Testament was never about rules and regulations. Jesus is saying very strong here, excuse me, but that's not what it's about, keeping rules and commands to be religious and get into heaven. Um, verse 17, go back. The old scriptures were always all about me. The Old Testament scriptures was always pointing to me. I'm the fulfillment, Jesus says. I'm the one you should be looking for. Uh, it's not about rules and regulations. It's not about being good. It's not about trying harder. It's not about being born in the right family with the right color of skin. That's not what it's about. What Jesus did by accomplishing, filling up the Old Testament, you ready? Give me your eyes. We could never do it. We could never, not even the nicest, the goodest, the best, the most holy in your own flesh rule keeper amongst us. So, so what's the secret? Go back to chapter 5, verse 3. We've already been there. Here's, here's the secret. The kingdom of heaven is reserved for those who realize they're poor and spiritually bankrupt and empty of themselves. The kingdom of heaven, verse 4, is reserved only for those who mourn and fully aware of their sinfulness. Verse 6, the kingdom of heaven is only available for those who hunger and thirst for a right relationship with Jesus Christ. So, so he's already told us that that's, that's who the kingdom of heaven is for. And suddenly now, when, when you see it's not about rules, it's not about regulations, and all of the Old Testament pointing to Jesus, suddenly you realize, you know what? It's all about living daily for Jesus. The Old Testament was pointing to Jesus, and now he's saying, no, no, if you live your life focused on, passionate, living strong for the king of the kingdom, Jesus Christ, now it's coming into view. Now, now you're getting an idea of what the Old Testament is all about. It's all about Jesus, because Jesus filled up the Old Testament balloon, okay? Before, it was a lot of rules and laws, and, and it was pointing towards this. But you look at it and you go, well, what's that all about? But now you, you look at who Jesus is and what he's done and what he's doing in our lives and empowering us to live for him. Suddenly you go, oh, I, I think it's coming into focus. I, I, I think I'm getting it. So here's my question. How's your life today when it comes to pointing people to Jesus? Do you understand? They should see not this. Oh, you guys are really good law. You guys are really good at keeping rules and regulations. And No, no. They should see us and they should see Jesus alive and soaring in our lives. So, so how are you doing? Do people see you soar? for Jesus? Is it clear Jesus is alive and working in your life? That's what it's all about. Or, or maybe you're here and you haven't even yet, you're watching online, you haven't invited the king of heaven, Jesus Christ, 
to come and take charge of your life. So, so that's not even available. Perhaps up to this point, you, you didn't even care about the Old Testament, but you look at this and you go, you know, I, I think I want that. Today can be your day where Jesus can come and help you soar and help you live strong and complete and accomplish everything found in the Old Testament. But if you're already a follower of Jesus, maybe things have gotten a little dry, a little stale, a little lukewarm. Maybe it's time to get back to soaring. Let Jesus fill you. Let, let his Holy Spirit work through you. Shine bright. Let everybody know around you, hey, this Jesus stuff, it's for real. Changed me, it'll change you too. Let's pray. Lord, uh, thank you for coming to earth. And thank you for coming to seek and save lost, goofy people like me. Thank you, Lord, for coming to fill up and redeem those who mourn over their sin. Lord, thank you for uh, coming and offering your heavenly kingdom for those who are empty and bankrupt spiritually. Lord, you've told us you came for those who will seek a right relationship with you. And here's what you need to know. Jesus has his arms open wide. <laughs> and all he's waiting for you is to turn to him and say, Jesus, come fill my life up with yourself. I, I realize my life is dry and empty. And I need you to come fill me up. I need the salvation that only you can bring. New life. I need you to redeem me. I, I want to be one of your kids. I, I, I need you in my life today. I'm going to need you tomorrow. And here's the amazing part. You'll come for keeps. If that's you, today can be your day of salvation. I'd encourage you. U-turn. That's literally what it means. Do the U-turn. You've been going one direction. Now, as we go the other direction, do the U-turn. Run to Jesus. <laughs> He's already been knocking. He's already been calling out. He's ready to meet you. As soon as you turn, he's right there. He's ready to make you one of his kids. Jesus, I believe that. I believe that you're ready to make me one of your kids. And I believe that you did leave heaven's glory and you live sinlessly as we talked about. Therefore, you alone qualify to be the sinless lamb of God for me and Jesus, I believe you took my place on that cross. I believe you shed your blood for my sin problem. You took my place in that tomb. And Jesus, I believe early Sunday morning, victoriously, you arose from the dead. You did that for me. And by faith right now, Jesus, I open the door of my life. I turn and I invite you in. Come, be my savior my king, 
my forever friend. I'm ready to follow you. Redeem me, walk with me, change me from the inside out. Thank you, Jesus. Maybe you've been a Jesus follower for a long time, but things have grown a little stale, a little lukewarm. The energy and the passion to follow Jesus daily, it's been missing. Maybe your prayer needs to be, Jesus, come now. <laughs> Heat up and energize my life with you. Um, restore the zeal, restore the desire and the passion to live strong for you. Ready to follow you. Strong. Starting today. And tomorrow, I'm going to get up and invite you to take charge again tomorrow. Thank you, Lord, for your patience with us. Thank you, Lord, for using your son, Jesus, our Savior, our King, to accomplish and fulfill exactly what the Old Testament is always pointing towards. Lord, would you help us in this week ahead to point others to you? Help us to, Lord, daily get empowered by your Spirit and accomplish the Old Testament as we live for you. We love you. It's in Jesus' strong name we pray every one of these things. Amen.